1: Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever! forever.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome inside Studio 34. Modica Monday here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Greg Sussman takes him a little bit longer to get out of bed (laughs) in his old age. Takes him a long time to climb up the stairs and make it into the studio. So he'll be here eventually. It was a very eventful weekend in the baseball world. Obviously, uh, we lose another first-round pick in Aaron Judge. And... We gain another one back. So you got to give one up. you got to sacrifice one to get one back. So we get Frankie Lindor back over the weekend, but we lose Aaron Judge. Uh, it was a big waiver wire weekend because all these prospects get called up. For me, and I'll throw this to you, Matt Modica of The Athletic at CTM Baseball. To me, this was one of the hardest weekends in terms of fab because there's a lot of really interesting prospects that got called up. But the thing is, I don't know how long they're going to be up. How well they're going to play? I mean, that's always you know part of what we're trying to figure out how well they're going to play. But I just don't know how long some of these guys are going to be up. So it was really really tough Fab weekend for me. Uh, mm. Overall, how was your your Fab? How was your your fantasy baseball weekend? Uh, what's going on, Matty Mo?
3: Um, well, happy Monday to you. First, let's start off that way. I was uh, you know a tragic weekend starting with the Friday afternoon late news of Jacob Degrom and. You know, MRI, and then all of a sudden he's throwing the next day. You know, that's that's just the Mets. But in terms of fab, I really wanted Mike Soroka where I didn't own him already and in the leagues where he didn't. He was getting scooped up after, like, the first week, and that's why I was acting accordingly in uh, other leagues. But I did get him in two spots. Look, the Cole Tucker thing I totally understand. I didn't bid over $99 for him. And I would have liked to have owned him. But I was aggressive on Clint Frazier a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, I'm spending money in other places. So you got to save some fab and you can't just get everybody. So I understand the aggressive nature and the wanting to get the speed that Tucker can possibly give you. He could possibly be in the minors in two weeks as well. I heard that about Clint Frazier. So I don't, like, really want to get on anybody if they spent $300 on him. I wouldn't have done it. Uh, I wish I would have gotten him in our uh, main event. That uh, I think I only bid 59 in that one. That was like the lowest one I had on him, and I would have won it if I did my other $89, $99 bids. I would have won him in that league, and that was a mistake.
2: Yeah, and I actually saw that the lowest bid for Cole Tucker over the weekend in the main events was actually in our league. It was a, it was a $77 mm-hmm. bid, and I had the backup at 73 so... I was pretty sad about that, missing out on uh, Cole Tucker by $4. We'll get into the rest of these prospects, all the waiver wire stuff from the weekend. With that, I welcome in my buddy, Greg Sussman. What up, Greg?
0: Hey, Frank. How are you, sir?
2: I'm doing all right. How was your weekend?
0: Uh, It was okay. A lot of traveling this weekend. A lot of traveling for the holidays this weekend.
2: Yeah. Eventful Passover?
0: Uh, I wouldn't say it was eventful. Which is, why I was in Long Island on Friday, Philly on Saturday, back in New York on Sunday. Look at this guy, it's a lot, just a lot of travel.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why he's so late. You know, he's, he, it's, it's not a long weekend. Late.
0: It's <laughs> not. <why I'm> late.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a good Easter, Matty Mo? Oh uh, yeah,
3: I, I had a pretty good Easter. You know, uh, nothing like uh, truly eventful, but you know, baseball was on. Caught on uh, the Ten Commandments Saturday night. I watched that every oh, year. Oh, we saw that. I, I was watching as well, Matty. Yeah, that, that movie's still 1956, and it's still fantastic. Well, we're totally on the same page. We
0: had it. It, it is long. i have never seen it. What <laughs> Ten Commandments? I don't know. I've never seen do, it. Do you know what it's about?
2: Well, uh, <laughs> probably, you know something <laughs> something religious. I would guess, Greg. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it starts. No, I have no idea what you know the Ten Commandments are. All right, uh, there's it, a lot that I don't know. I mean,
3: so I, it, it's
0: uh, it's about Moses. All right, just, just you know, breaking away, going to Israel. By the way, yeah.
3: By the way, Moses Modica
2: would be a great.
0: I like it. You should name your kid Moses Modica. I like that. Nice biblical reference.
2: Good. (laughs) I like that. I like the alliteration too. I'm with it. Moses Modica coming soon. Well, hopefully not too soon. Unless, unless you know that's in the plans for you, Matt. You know, I can. I'm not dictating your life, but whatever happens, happens. look at me? uh, I I don't know. Do you start thinking about, like, little Sussman names, too? I don't know. No. No, no, I hope not. not. (laughs) Absolutely not. Uh, Absolutely not.
0: I didn't sleep great last night. I know that question's Uh, coming.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry. Why why was that? I slept all right.
0: I don't know. It was was on and off. I just had too many thoughts running
3: through my head, and it just didn't feel right. You disappointed in Game of Thrones? No, I loved it. I loved Game of Thrones last
2: night. Hey, Greg and I kind of flip-flopped from it. Was week to was amazing. It, it wasn't bad. It had some cool moments last night. You know, I don't want to talk about anything specific in case someone hasn't watched it yet, but um, I thought, it, you know, there were some cool moments, but and I know the the fight, you know, the Battle of Winterfell is coming next week, but <laughs> I wanted to see some uh, I wanted to see some action. I think I'm just getting a little uh, a little greedy, a little selfish, greedy.
0: Yeah, you know, I thought last week was, was like, all right. Whatever, we're back, and it was like oh, it was two setup
4: episodes. And last night was I mean, last
0: know. night. Just the banter was hysterical. Like I laughed out loud for Torment. I felt good for Brienne. Um, it was great. I loved it. I
3: really did. What do you think, Matt? The Danny heel turn is coming. It's great. I uh, I was very happy for Aria, You know. Yeah. I was, in, that Brienne's part was uh, fantastic. I fantastic. Did like yeah. Overall, I thought it was one of their worst episodes. I thought it was the Too much cheesy. Like week one, I was fine with, except for that dragon ride. That, you know, that was like you know, like out of a high school, you know, movie or something like that. But you know, it's four more episodes. They're going to be action packed. I love the series. I love the book, so I don't want to hate on it. Ugh.
2: It's interesting hearing ride. different perspectives because Matt. You know, Matt says he thought it was one of the worst episodes. And downstairs, we had Alex, video producer, said I thought it was one of the top five episodes in the series.
0: I yeah, like, I, it was an amazing what? episode. It really was. I, I'm,
3: with, I'm more with Alex. I mean, than else. you know,
2: it, it's cool that you you know you find differing opinions. I want, I want some of you guys
3: smoking down there. <laughs> <to
2: finish. laughs> hey man, I'm with you, Matty Mo. So I, I don't know. We must be missing something. I don't yeah, know. I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm,
0: I'm excited. You know, it's coming next week. It's gonna be, it's gonna be. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun.
2: How was your fab? How was your fab weekend, Grady?
0: How was my fab weekend? My pit team is a disaster. I've lost everybody on the team. Like, my entire team is hurt.
2: Yeah. So that sucks. I think, uh, I think you're suffering from some karma because you said that I didn't know how to play in uh, headset categories. Never li- I'll never love that one and down. I'm in mean, first place. Understandably I mean, You're so. in 12th out of 14. Oh, I'm not in last. That's a surprise. Yeah, I just looked at it before we came. Because, uh, you know, if you were in last, <laughs> I was going to blast you, so...
0: Yeah, so that wasn't that wasn't so good. But you know, it's Mike Talkman's world, and we're just living in it. That's how how I feel. That's how I.
2: The Sockman.
0: Seriously, Mike was the guy because we lost outfielders everywhere. Frankly, multiple outfielders we lost in all of our leagues, including the pit league for me. And I feel like everybody, that the
2: number one guy I kept trying to add was Mike Talkman. Am am I out of my mind, Frank? No, I don't think that you are. I will say it could be a potential short term, uh, you know open like the the playing time that's opened up for him it might be short term again look the cream rises to the top that's what we talked about with Clint Frazier and you know Talkman's performing well and you know over the past week he had three homers and the Yankees play seven games they're going on a road trip they expect to get Stanton back sooner rather than later they're talking about you know him returning during this road trip at some point uh but you know once he returns uh does Talkman necessarily play every day I think he will play every day for now sure until Stanton's back and no, you know what? You like, get exposure to the Yankees lineup, but it's not like it was before. Like the Yankees lineup right certainly. now. What does that mean? It's triple-A lineup. Not a good lineup. It's a lineup. So and, the, and the thing, I was, like him, and you know, I was, you know, I had like five, six percent bids on him. Nothing too crazy, but I think, I think you should like him. Like you know, three, three or four career hitters in the minors, and you know, hit twenty home runs last year across multiple levels, twelve stolen bases. So I think there's, there's a little something there with Talkman, as as long as he's going to play every day for now. And
0: the, and the the thing with Talkman is, and more specifically, Stanton, right? It's that he's, he's not coming back all that soon. That's the issue. Like he's not feeling 100% yet. Stanton?
2: Yeah. Well, they're saying throughout this road trip, he should be back. Except, I know, I, you know, believe it when you see it. Like, there's, there's like no optimism around the Yankees right now, and rightfully so. No, but here's the thing. Like, he's not swinging,
0: or he hasn't hit live pitching yet. He hasn't thrown from the outfield yet. He hasn't done anything yet. He's
2: hitting the ball off a tee, Frank. I mean, whatever he, I mean, he could be a DH and kind of slowly. He's not hitting live pitching game. yet. All right, I'm just saying, like it's gonna, he's gonna be. It's not like he's on the shelf for another month, Greg. Right? He's probably back within a weeks. You an have no week.
3: idea how much I'm enjoying this. I'm glad, Matt. I'm glad. <laughs> How's
0: Jacob Degrom's elbow?
2: Oh, uh, I knew that was coming. Well, but, you, well, you
0: can't look, do that I, and I expect it.
3: Uh, real quick on Mike Tachman. I I, uh, sent out a tweet yesterday of a picture of an IROC Z. And I said, I can't confirm, but I'm pretty confident he drives this car. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. We'll take it. We'll take it. Mike Talkman, the guy I added
0: everywhere, Frank. I can't believe I just said that.
2: Yeah, look, it was, it was a tough weekend for for injuries again. We lose Austin Meadows yesterday. You wake up on a Sunday morning, Austin Meadows in the I.L., Aaron Judge on Saturday, and Starling Marte also lands in the I.L. So we have a lot of high-profile outfielders who were landing on the I.L. And, you know, in deeper leagues, 15-teamers, you know, Talkman, someone who's out there. Uh, again, going to play every day. Once they get back in Yankee Stadium, it uh, should be all right. Like, you know, they play in San Francisco and uh, Los Angeles, Angels of Anaheim over this next week. So it's not the greatest ballparks, but at least he's going to play every day. Uh, Matt, did you have any bids in on Talkman or not interested?
3: No, I really didn't bid on him this week. I, and I get it in certain formats. If Like uh, Vlad Sedler put out a tweet today and it's, it's really important for people in you know, any kind of competitive league. It is a weekly. If you look at it weekly, that will help you a lot. I mean, I always go with the understanding of by talent, and it'll win out in the long run. But like a Howie Kendrick this week was an excellent ad, and when we talk about our league, that's the guy that, I don't know how I had a Longoria over him this week. That was a mistake, but, you know, he's playing three games at Colorado. So, you know, you gotta look at it in specific specific ways, and Fab is difficult, but there are ways to manage it and be very effective. Yeah, it's... I saw Vlad's tweet
0: as well that it's a weekly, at least in your leagues, right? It's it's a weekly league, and you can't worry about the day-to-day that when the season's over or three, two, three weeks down the line, things will kind of play themselves out how they're supposed to. Everyone kind of reverts to the mean and reverts to what they are, and you want to be on top of that and not necessarily worry about just this week or, or just these couple of days. And I think uh, that's certainly a good way to look at it uh, in weekly leagues, and that's why I don't like those leagues, Frank, because I can't. I can't help myself. I get very antsy. <laughs> I know. It doesn't work for me. I want to drop everyone. I didn't really want to drop anyone yesterday. What do I want to drop? I wanted to drop Wade Miley, my guy.
2: Yeah, which surprised me because he finally has a two-star week. And I know. Yeah, but we have so many open roster spots because, again, we had Meadows. We had uh, Starley Marte. So, you know, we, we have some open roster spots. We put those guys in the IL. And we have to pick up real some quick, outfielders. What's up, Matty Moe?
3: Uh, real quick on Austin Meadows. who's He's been
2: fantastic, I have to say.
3: Absolutely fantastic, but I tweeted out like an hour or two ago, Austin Meadows' stats this season and Clint Frazier's stats this season, and they're pretty much identical with 16 less plate appearances. The only exception was the three stolen bases to zero.
0: Yeah, Clint Frazier's been awesome. I know that was your guy a couple of weeks ago when uh, he came up, you... This is where you were spending heavy. This is the type of guy that you like that can help you uh, throughout this season. And, and Frank, we did it in, in one of our leagues. We spent what we needed to do to go out and get Khalid Frazier, uh, and it's thanks to him that we're kind of afloat at the moment.
2: Yeah, we spent twenty seven dollars out of a hundred dollar fab budget in the uh, in GDD, which is a fifteen team mixed roto. So yeah, we you know we spent a, a decent chunk there, but you know feeling good about it now. Just. And I tweeted this yesterday. I mean, if the Yankees find a way to screw this up, I don't think that they will. I don't but think so. But once everyone comes back healthy, you know, is Aaron Boone going to do an Aaron Boone thing and we need, you know, Brett Gardner's leadership or whatever? And no, no, we don't. You know, it, it, that, that ship has has sailed. Uh, just want to make sure that Clint Frazier... Clint Frazier's, Frazier's not leaving the lineup. I hope so. No. I, you know, I hope so. I, I have, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic.
0: Yeah, look at this team, it's, it's really not very good.
2: I, I love issue. how excited they were getting about Tyro Estrada bunting yesterday. I was it was a big spot, and he, it was you know, a big whatever. spot. I what was, was I
0: was to, listening like, to, uh, all right, well, I was listening to Sterling on the radio, and he was like, "And you, would you look at that? What a bunt! What a bunt!" And Susan, oh, like, exactly what you need to do. The kid, the kid, the bunt. kid got here
3: yesterday. The kid got here last night, and what a bunt! And I was like, "Oh my god!" I te- I'll, I'll say something that might surprise you. I was actually watching. <clears throat> it, it started an hour earlier, whatever, but I was still watching that Yankees game over the Met game, because Paxton was just unbelievable. Yeah, he was good. He's and the been, minute he stopped pitting the minute they took him out, I, I stopped watching it, and then I see the Yankees were losing. I was like, what happened here? You're like, this is the perfect, perfect game. You watch Paxton go
0: six shutout with 12 strikeouts, and the Yankees on the verge of losing. There's nothing else Matt Modiga can ask for in a baseball game. I
3: wanted game. to win, though. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I wanted the win. <laughs>
0: In general, for your for your fandom, uh, obviously, Um, I mentioned I mentioned Degrom. The Degrom story was like the most Met story ever, and like obviously, I'm killing them for it. But it is literally the most Met story ever, where Jacob Degrom had the flu, and the flu turned into an elbow injury, which turned into an MRI, which turned into being placed on the IR, which turned into no. He doesn't need an MRI. We're just going to have him throw a couple days in a row, which turned into maybe we should have him get the MRI, which turned into God the hell knows what's going on with Jacob DeGrom.
2: Yeah, new GM, huh? Brody Van Wagen and still same old Mets, huh? (laughs) Matt, this is, Uh, I don't know. It's just a disaster. I I I don't get it. I love the flu being like a precursor to like an elbow injury. It's it's insane.
3: It's insane, Matt. You would think with their dubious medical history, they would be like ultra- uh, yeah, conservative. Like, How much is an MRI going to cost? <laughs> how unconsuming is an MRI on a guy you just gave $150 million to? And is, you know, your ace, your, your centerpiece of your staff. Not just the MRI. After you say he was diagnosed with an elbow
0: injury, it's not like I would have taken a couple of days off. He was throwing the next day! Greg, have you ever
2: heard of an elbow barking? Oh, I have. I've never heard of an I elbow. I have. It's not good. Yeah, it doesn't sound good to me either. So, you, you know, you <laughs> see the report that his elbow is barking on Friday, and you wake up Saturday and all these pictures and videos of him, you know, throwing in the outfit. Like,
0: what is going on? So what is the latest underground? Like, what is the story? He might pitch the
2: end of the week. <laughs> He's returning on so Sunday. Sad. What do you know? <laughs>
0: The Mets are the best.
2: All right. We'll get to take a break.
0: We'll go over some of the other waiver stuff. I set you up for, uh, for the week here. BFFs.
4: 866 484 that's 866 9621 Weekend
1: Fantasy Update. I'll tell you, man, that Angels lineup, it's abysmal. Like, I watch them night after night, three up, three down, three up, three down, three up, three down, three hits in a game. They're pathetic. Like, they're a bad baseball team, and they're always favored. It's just one of those teams, like, perception versus reality. Like, I think they're going to be a fade team this year. I was going to get your take on that because we want to attack certain teams, and they've been awful. Like, I know Seattle started off well. They kind of cooled down. But as for the Angels, they're a team I'm going to be betting against lots, George. They're not that good. Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers
0: fantasy best friends forever on the fantasy sports radio network Frank Stanfield, Greg Sussman joined by Matty Moe as we are each and every Monday to talk about the waiver week that was help us set our lineups uh, for this week we mentioned Aaron Judge's interview interview injury uh, Mike Talkman's probably going to play every day now unbelievably enough Yankees gonna to have to do something. I don't know what that is. Uh, we mentioned Jacob Degrom as well. well Logan Morrison,
2: Greg, obviously. Well,
0: that's gonna replace Mike Ford. I don't know. What, you know. Oh God, this is such a joke. All right, we mentioned Mike Soroka. Uh, that was your guy here. If he was wasn't owned, let's move on from there and let's let's kind of get more into Cole Tucker, Frank, because you said uh, you bid seventy three dollars for him in your main event. He wound up going for seventy seven dollars, and Tucker was or is, I believe, Pittsburgh one of their top prospects. Gets called up uh, to play shortstop every day. As their starting shortstop went on the DL, a 60-day DL immediately. Tucker homers in his first game on Saturday. Uh, What do we need to know about Cole Tucker? Who is he? What's the prospect pedigree? What can he become?
2: So, Cole Tucker is the fifth-ranked prospect in the Pirates organization, according to MLB.com, and... Uh, he's an interesting player. He's a guy that has a lot of speed. Last year in Double A, he stole thirty-five bases. The year before uh, at Double A and High A ball in twenty seventeen, he stole forty-seven bases. Greg, uh, and so far this year at Triple A, he was hitting three thirty-three with three homers and five stolen bases. And he's he already hit a home run over the weekend. And we know that the way that the ball is flying out this year, Greg, with his juice ball, there's a chance that he actually sees an uptick in power getting to the major league level. But we know that the speed is legit. He's not a prototypical leadoff man because he still strikes out quite a bit. He also does walk a lot. Uh, so he's an interesting guy. I think, you, you know, you add him for speed. And you're, you're just hoping, you know, whatever power you can get along with that. And the fact that he's let off over the weekend, uh, you know, with all the injuries to the Pirates now, with, uh, with Starling Marte going down. You know, you're, you're hoping that you can get a, you know, let's say 250, 260 batting average with some speed and the fact that he's going to score runs. Because he's going to be at the top of the Pirates lineup, so uh, that's why people were pretty aggressive with him. I should have been more aggressive. Yeah, it's frustrating because in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, I had an eighty-three dollar bid, and then in uh, in the main event, I had seventy-three because I had I had a you know like fifty dollars less. So I went with seventy-three, and you know if I go with my eighty-three dollar bid, I end up winning him, uh, and I would have been pretty pumped about that. But ultimately, I saw him anywhere from you know eighty to there's some people, like, over $200. In our GST League, he went for $149. Um, I can't knock people. If you need speed and you need runs scored, which are hard categories to come by, you got to be aggressive with them.
0: What do you think of Cole Tucker, Matt? How excited are you about him,
3: what he can bring to the table?
2: Uh, I'm with Frank. It's, you know, you, you're
3: you buying speed right now. It's so hard to come by. Uh, you got guys like Trey Turner, who, you, you know, that was a, a top half of the first round that you invested on. So, I mean, I get it. Uh, and like everything else, I see the upside. There is downside. If he does, you know, if he doesn't hit, I know he let off and hit the home run, but if he has, you know, one of those weeks where it's just a bad week or two, he could go back down. So I I wanted to be aggressive. I just wasn't going over hundred dollars because, as we stated, I was aggressive on Frazier. I really wanted Soroka, and that was the guy I had the big bid on. I think I had like one you know, 50 or something like that on him. I, I didn't win that one. And I don't know why I had like a $59 bid on Tucker in this one when I had 89 and $99 bids everywhere else. That was a epic fail on me. So I'm I'm pretty pissed on my fab on, in this league in particular. Modiga, I let myself down.
2: <laughs> you said that you were most aggressive on Mike Sirocco. Were you the runner-up bid in our league for 159? Because he ended up going yes, for 297. You were the backup? That was me.
3: I pretty much had Soroka. Anywhere where he was available was 159 One league, I went 135 because I had to save a couple of dollars in that one. I was trying to be as tight as I possibly could. You know, it's basically almost a month in. We're not really even a full month in. And, you know, Fab is going. And I think sometimes you have to spend on certain guys and, you know, tighten up the budget for later on.
2: Yeah, I think I think it makes sense. Yeah, I, I, that's why I, I feel like I should have been more aggressive on, on Cole Tucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I'm actually all right in the speed department. But just overall, you know, having a young, exciting prospect like that, you could plug him into your middle infield and the upside that he possesses. I probably should have been a little bit more aggressive. Ultimately, you know, I end up with a few guys here that I got to plug into my lineup uh, because I had Aaron Judge on my main event team, so I needed an outfielder. You know, I had to make some tougher decisions this week. Um, <laughs> pick up a guy like Tommy Listella just because he's playing and he's hitting home runs, which is just like. Crazy to talk about, but uh, yeah, I helped. actually should have picked him up. Tommy Listella, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what he has. Like six home runs already,
3: right, Matt? He actually has eight. He had another two home run game yesterday. Okay. See, the thing where I'm pissed off at is with Mustakas having the finger injury, even though he's not going on the DL. I may need a second baseman, and I had Kendrick. I had uh, David. Was it Bote? Bode. Uh, David Bote. Bode. And I even had uh, Tommy Listella. And somehow, I don't know if I moved, I must have moved Longoria up or something because they were all like $16 bids or something like that. And I got Longoria over those guys when I probably need that guy to fill in at second base if they do play some stockers on the thing. So just a bad fan week for myself. I actually like the moves you made, Frank, a lot. You got uh, Danny Santana for what, like
2: $35? Yeah, 32 out of a $1,000 budget. And there was yeah, no backup bid, 000. no one else was bidding on him. He was he's in other leagues. I saw him go for over a hundred and stuff. So I think that, that was a good
3: move. Listella's a good move for this week, especially with the matchups and all that. And he's hot. You he always want to ride the hot hand. So yeah,
2: going with the Greggy approach here, riding riding the wave with Tommy Listella. You know, I put,
0: we put Danny Santana backup bids everywhere. Um, we got him in GST, I think. I
2: got him in both my main event and the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. And GST,
0: I think we got him he's too. Batting
2: batting second for the Rangers, he's got seven games this week. He has three stolen bases over the past week. It could just be a short term thing. Most because, likely is, but once Rudinette O'Dora returns. But you know, I didn't break the bank for him. I you know, I spent you know, about three percent of my budget. So uh, I, you know, I just wanted some stolen bases and I need a I needed an outfielder to plug in with Aaron Judge going down, as I mentioned. So uh, you know, I uh that's that's the route I went down. I, I was I was pretty aggressive on him this weekend.
3: Yeah. I would say you had an excellent fab weekend, uh, in this league and I had a terrible one. You really have so with yourself, Matt. I've never seen no, you like so that. Like Howie Kendrick, I should have at least had on his team. Uh, he's playing three games at Coors Field, or even like David Bote, who's got nine games at second base already. He's third base eligible. And I think he's going to play a lot for, for this Cub team going forward. They gave him some money. They like him. And I think he's a pretty good
2: hitter. Modica, were you surprised that, unless I'm, I'm missing something here, Michael Chavis was not picked up in our main event league. Yeah, I was surprised because in a couple of my big
3: leagues, my you know uh, high-stakes ones, he went for over two hundred dollars, which was even three hundred in one of them.
0: Let's uh, let's kill the music, Pavona. We have a break like
3: ten minutes from now, buddy. That yeah, was it that was you know that was strange. But I was like,
2: is, it, is, is that the chainsaw across the street? I don't know. I. <laughs> <laughs> Like, come on, we we, we want to hear what Matt's talking about here. Yeah, I'm trying
0: trying to hear more about this. Yeah,
2: yeah. regarding Michael Chavis. So Chavis was one of the ones that I was kind of referencing earlier on in the show that I wanted to pick him up, but, well, A, I have a ton of injuries on this main event team, so I couldn't afford to stash him, and uh, I actually like some of the guys that I'm already stashing, like I have Jimmy Nelson and Otani waiting to come back, so I didn't want to drop any of those guys. Chavis was one of the hardest guys for me to figure out because he's the top-hitting prospect in the Red Sox organization, but... I don't know if he's going to play every day. Like, is he going to be ample enough defensively to play second base? He's more of mm-hmm. like a first third baseman. So they're going down this uh, Mustakis Ryan McMahon route with Chavis, where I guess they're going to try and play him at second base. But I just a don't know if he's going to play enough here to make a difference. How long is he going to be up? So you know, Chavis for me was one of the hardest guys to figure out. I did pick him up in a few locations, but I, I, I it was very. It's always interesting to see, Greg, from league to league, yep. how how much him. he could go for and then how little because he doesn't even get picked up in our main event. And then you were just talking about leagues where he went for over $200, Matt. So ultimately, where do you stand on, on Chavis? Well, the one thing that I
3: found to be concerning was when he was activated when he was called up, he spent the first two days on the bench and then finally got to start yesterday. So... I'm with you. I don't know if he's going to start every day. And he could easily be back down in a week or two. I was willing in most of my leagues, like I said, this is an, another indication why I failed so miserably in this fab one. It's a, probably a case of just having too many leagues. But, uh, what you know, for $20, $35, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in on that. I'll take that shot. But $200 on a guy that, I mean, I can see it for Cole Tucker because of the speed upside. The guys watched stolen forty-four bases and forty-six bases. I don't care that he hasn't played over. He only played a few games over Double A. He's he has that track record at least in the minors. So I, you know, it, it it is bewildering and interesting. So we'll see how much he goes for next weekend in our league if uh, he's still on the major league roster.
2: Yeah, and especially if he has a big week. I mean, that, this is what we talk about being uh, a week early rather. That's than, right. You know, you know, being week early rather than a week late, Greg. But well, it's just. The circumstances in an NFBC league, you don't have an IL spot. So I have I have Daniel Murphy, I have Aaron Judge now on, on the IL, and you just have seven bench spots. So you have to, uh, you know, you, you fill out your bench the way that you want to do it, but if you have a lot of guys that are on the IL, you know, I'm waiting for Otani to come back. You know, some people might have cut bait on him, but he's expected to return in May, so I'm going to hold on to him. Jimmy Nelson, I still have a lot of, uh, you know, faith in him, uh, assuming that he comes back. You know, I've seen some video of him uh playing in the minor leagues, and and looks like he's performing well. So, I have a few guys that I'm already stashing. I, I just couldn't afford to take on another player to stash in Chavis. But, you know, I understand maybe a 5 6% bid, but anyone over 100 hundred two hundred $200, I think this is just people getting too excited about prospect pedigree here, Greg.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I, I get... That, and we're always excited about prospect pedigree. But I remember when I read you the note, I think it was on Friday, that he was getting called up. You were pumped. Like, you, were, you were really excited about it. Yeah,
2: but like Matt said, things he didn't, start the he first didn't play the first two games that he's on the roster. So it's, you know, what what, are the, what is the Red Sox actual plans for him? Why do they call him up and then not play him? And it's kind of a different situation because, again, he's a corner infielder. He could play third, he could play first, and now they're trying to force him to play second, which he did a little bit in the minor leagues this year. But... He's not a natural second baseman, so mm-hmm. look. If they want to just put the best offense on the field that they possibly can, then sure, he'll play uh, because you know he does have upside. I, I don't want to downplay that. I mean, two years ago, he had 31 home runs with a 282 batting average uh, between high A ball and Double A. I think he well, has some he, upside. He though. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially, uh, but he's, I think he has upside. But the thing is, I really do have concerns about whether or not he's going to play. If he plays a lot this week then he's going to go for a lot of money in our main event league next week. Listen, I, th-
0: I think that it's worth picking up. It's worth not breaking the bank for. I'm not spending the 200 bucks that, that we just heard about. I'm spend-
2: I-, I would have spent it for him. I was interested in him. If you have someone who's just on your bench that's not playing or doesn't have upside, then sure, take a shot on one of these. You know, a lot of prospects got called up this weekend very randomly, too. Cole Tucker, uh, Michael Chavis gets called up, Tyro Estrada. Now, I don't think Tyro Estrada <laughs> going to play very much for the Yankees, uh, but Brian Reynolds, another one that we could get into who doesn't have the biggest prospect pedigrees. You know, he's not one of these uh, one of these higher known names that people are talking about. But he is still a top 10 prospect in the Pirates organization. Um, and it seems like, at least until Gregory Polanco is back, a guy like Brian Reynolds is going to play every day. And I don't really think that the Pirates owe anything to Malky Cabrera. So if Brian Reynolds performs well, he had three hits yesterday. He could play every single day for the Pittsburgh Pirates.
0: You brought up Brian Reynolds last night. I I don't know anything about Brian Reynolds. All I knew is that Palakos does seem to be coming back uh, very, very soon. Who is he? Why should we know about him? All
2: right, so Brian Reynolds, he's a top 10 prospect in the Pirates organization. I believe he's number eight on MLB.com. He's hit 312 in the minor leagues. He's a very high batting average. Uh, It kind of seems like he might be empty batting average. You're hoping that maybe some of the power comes uh, with the juice ball here at the major league level. He had five home runs in the minors this year at AAA. He was hitting 367, uh, Again, 312 career batting average in the minors, but has never hit more than 10 home runs in the minors either. So he might just be an empty batting average guy, but I'm willing to learn and see if he develops more power uh, with this juice ball here at the major league level. So I think I had a few you know, 3% bids on him. I got him uh, in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, I believe we had a bid in GST. I don't I don't think we got him, though. Uh, Matt, were you interested in Brian Reynolds at all? Did you have any bids on him? I didn't get him, but I'll give a, a comp. Like, the week before,
3: uh, I picked up Austin Dean, figuring that sure. he was going to be here long-term and getting every day at bats. He had a 4-for-4 four four game that first weekend, and then he, like, struck out every other at bat. So he got sent back down, which I don't understand what the Mullins are doing with that. I mean, everybody... You got the guys like Granderson and uh, Neil Walker let these young kids play. But, you know, for for like you're saying, 10%, uh one 3% just to take a flyer. If he has a good week, yeah, it's great. If not, you you cut bait and you, you move on to the next guy. Yeah, I, I, sure. For, for 3%, like you said,
0: 4%, whatever, it, it ultimately doesn't matter. I just... I'd rather take a shot on there, Frank, and you gave us some names last night as we were going through waivers, like Dexter Fowler and Carlos Gonzalez. Like, I'd rather take a shot on Brian Reynolds for what he could be long term than those guys. Probably, yeah,
2: it's the unknown, it's the upside of a prospect, a young kid coming up. Whereas, you know, we kind of know who Dexter Fowler is at this point. We know who Carlos Gonzalez is. You know, he wasn't signed all the way up until basically the start of the season. Then he gets a minor league deal with the Indians and hasn't really done much yet either. Uh, but you know, Dexter Fowler, you know, while he doesn't have power and doesn't steal like he used to. He hit, like, 400 the past week, and it's cheap exposure to the Cardinals lineup. So uh, I did pick up a few shares of Dexter Fowler. I don't have huge expectations, Greg, but I think in a deeper league, uh, given the injuries to the St. Louis Cardinals, at least he's going to play every day. So that's what I'm looking at regarding Dexter Fowler.
0: I get it. Are you you any any interest there for you, Matt, on Dexter Fowler?
3: Oh, he's a guy that if if I had to, you know, if I need – if. If I was just cutting somebody to cut, and I need to pick somebody up, I had him as like a seventh conditional bid in a couple of spots, yeah, or something like that. And
0: I think that makes sense. Uh, I think that seventh conditional is about right uh, for a guy like Dexter Fowler. Um, after the break, I want to go, we'll get into the relievers um for this week, and I, and I think I want to kind of just hold to to do that. Um, some other names though, they got picked up. And I want to bring up now, it's Jared Eikhoff. We talked a little bit about him last week, but Jared Eikhoff, uh gets into the rotation as Nick Pavetta was sent down. Pitched in Colorado, and now next week, I believe, faces off against the Marlins in his only start. How interested are you, Matt, in Jared Eikhoff?
3: Uh, he's been a guy I've always liked. Yeah. Uh, I would be interested I'm still like, you know, the, the way Pavetta started, he deserved to be demoted. I think that was best for him, and, you know, he can figure it out. But, yeah, I think uh, Eikhoff's a guy to be interested. In. He's on a good team. Uh, the start yesterday was going well. I know he started walking people in, I think, about the bottom of the sixth inning. I was actually listening to it on the radio as I was driving into Manhattan. And, you know, what not? that? He should get some wins, you know, good team. I think he's a good pitcher. I don't think he's great. I think he's a good pitcher. So I, I think you should have interested in him.
2: Yeah, Greg, I highlighted uh, five single-start pitchers this week that okay. have really good matchups uh, on my Patreon, and I have them on the run now. So we can get into these guys uh, at some point I today. I see them now, yeah. But uh, yeah, Jared Eichhoff was one of them because he faces Miami. You know, anytime I could get a uh, starting pitcher going up against the Marlins, it is in Citizens Bank Park, so it's not as good of a start as if it were cu- coming in Marlins Park. Uh, but he is one of these single-start pitchers that I do like this week. What a good matchup, Greg.
0: Okay, Jared, Jared Ikov obviously gives the Marlins something you want to consider targeting and one of the five pitchers that could be out there that Frank really likes as a one-star pitcher this week. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll give you the relief pitcher rankings, essentially, for this week on the waiver wire from Seattle and Rowena Salias to, once again, Hector Neris and Gabe Kapler and Philadelphia. A whole lot more coming your way with Matty Moe. On a Modica Monday, my fantasy best friends forever.
1: Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Fantasy Sports Today. i tell you, uh,
4: two, two, two bombs last night. One was Trevor Story, and uh, one was a guy that I know you own in our league, and everyone was uh, trying to trade, take him from you, tr- trade you for him, is Yohan mancada it, hey, where the hell would I trade bomb. that guy? the second I traded him. Everybody's like, I'll
3: give you, uh, what do you want from Marcona? I'm like, no. The whole reason I drafted
1: him is because I'm expecting this. Saturdays, 8 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty, season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at RotoExperts.com with the promo code EVENTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at RotoExperts.com.
0: Matt, what are you uh, doing to celebrate Earth Day? Ah!
3: Uh, well, I'm going to the Mets game tonight. Hopefully, right. the way it happens this afternoon. My wife uh, scored some good, uh, some good seats yesterday, so I'm excited.
2: Hopefully, Stephen Matz doesn't suffer the same fate last time he faced the Philadelphia Phillies. funny story about that is
3: I was supposed to be driving down to Philadelphia for that game uh, with my partner Andy Saxton, and I was so happy something came up, and he asked if we could, you know, do it next time around. <laughs> Thankfully, I got to only listen to that on the radio and not watch it.
2: Yes, thankfully. Well, you might get it tonight. <laughs> we're g- we're gonna find out, Maddie Mill. But uh, you know, solid matchup tonight. Uh, you know, Jake Arietta. Speaking of strike rate going down every single year. Greg, just keep getting it done. Arrieta. I know. I hear you. He's pitching tonight against the Mets. I, 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 I yes, I, I'm listening. I understand. I'm just. I loving. actually
3: recommended Arietta this week, and it was you know against all my beliefs but I said going forward you really you know the as Frank said the, the swinging strike percentage is just abysmal what you couldn't think it could get any worse than last year but this year it's like like six and a half percent the x-fip is just you know screaming at you be be afraid be very afraid so you know so it, you're it, selling Jake Arietta uh, look, in a 15-team league, you know, you're going to roll them out there and stuff. But I'm just saying, you know, if if it turns bad, I don't, I don't think anybody's going to be surprised by that. There's just a lot of indicators saying, you know, I don't know if he can continue to succeed.
0: All right. So, Jake Arrieta, be very, very nervous about him. Let's get in, gentlemen, to the relievers from this week, who you spent money on, who you stayed away from. I want to start in Seattle because, Frank, we own Anthony Swarzak. He's one of your guys. And you think what, two saves last week? Did I have that right? Two saves last week. I know Seattle went on a bit of a losing streak after that. Um, but it certainly seems like Scott Service feels very comfortable with Ruenas Elias in the ninth inning as well. How much would you have spent on Elias, Frank, and what do you think his prospects are to be the closer, at least for the near term?
2: Look, if you were desperate for saves in a deeper league, I could see going as high as like 6 7%. But I don't think that Elias is going to be the guy that gets... The bulk of the saves. Now, I could be wrong about that. I still have a lot of shares of Swarzak. Uh, my thing regarding the Mariners bullpen is there hasn't really been a rhyme or reason to the, to the way that you know these guys have been deployed. I know you know Swarzak has pitched in some tough spots in like the eighth inning of games, uh, and Elias picked up two saves last week, and then Swarzak bounces back on Saturday and ends up picking up the save there. So. Um, you know, it could be just a 50-50 approach or, you know, they'll, they'll use Swarzak in the tougher spots earlier in the game. And then, you know, they'll use Row- Rowanis Elias uh, in the ninth. But, you know, I, I saw leagues where people were pretty aggressive uh, picking up Elias because everyone's trying to find saves. And he goes for $77 in my great fantasy baseball invitational. Uh, and then in our main event league that me and Matt are in together, he goes for 163 and the runner-up bid was 38 so I'm probably closer to uh, that 38 than I am uh, the 163, but I wa- I didn't really need save, so I wasn't really in on the bidding for Elias. But I, you know, if you needed it, I could see going as high as like six, seven percent.
0: Matt, this is one of those closers that you seem to want to avoid when it comes to to fantasy baseball. That just like seems like a a, a fab drainer where you're gonna spend some money, get this guy, he'll save a game or two, lose his job, and then that'll be it.
3: Yeah, I'm with Frank here. I would have, you know, maybe the 6 to 7%. Uh, I think he'll get some more saves. I think the, the thing here, I think it's kind of like the Boston bullpen where Schwarzk is the Matt Barnes and Brazier right now is the uh, Ronis Elias. So, you know, I, I think Schwarzk's a, a better overall pitcher, though. I do kind of, I am warming up to Elias this season in, in this role. He seems to be getting somewhat better. Uh, he doesn't, you know, he's... I don't think it really was ever starter material and stuff like that. And right now, Seattle, you know, would they start 12-2, and two and, you know, we're, we're having a bad week until they uh, – we're having a bad stretch until they ran into the Angels, who we just got awful.
2: <laughs> yeah, they had lost six in a row between the Astros and the Indians, and then they uh, – you're right, they they run into the Angels. They end up winning three out of four. Uh, all three of those wins ended up being close games that they needed to mm-hmm. save. So, uh, you know, Swarzak picked up the win on Thursday, uh, which – but he came in in the eighth. I think he gave up a run, and it was a tie game, and they took the lead in the ninth, and then uh, ruinus Elias uh, picked up the save. So, yeah, three close games, and, you know, it was two out of three. Maybe that's closer to what we see moving forward. Uh, like, it's a 60% uh, Elias, 40% Swarczak. Uh You know, I think the way that Matt broke it down, kind of comparing it to the Red Sox bullpen, um, is fair. Although, you know, I, there's no, there hasn't really been rhyme or reason. So, I guess we'll just... Cross our fingers moving forward and, and hope <laughs> that we get saves from both of them, Greg.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you just kind of hope that things are going in, in your direction. And that's always how you feel with Philadelphia, Frank, and I know how strongly you feel about Gabe Kapler and, and the situation in that bullpen where thing Dominguez continues to not really receive ninth-inning ninth chances, and they've mostly gone to Hector Neris, who certainly seems to be the favorable option right now uh, for Gabe Kapler in that ninth inning. How much do you trust Hector Neris?
2: Not much, Greg. And it's not Hector Neris. It's how much do you trust Gabe Kapler. And it's... Gabe Kapler is going to do what Gabe Kapler wants to do. And, you know, if uh, if the analytics say that to go to Hector Neris in the ninth inning or if he has to use Hector Neris in a different spot in the game, we've already seen that multiple times this year where he was used earlier in the game and, you know, then he picked up a save early on and, oh, we thought Hector Neris is the guy. And then what happens? He's pitching, you know, in the seventh, eighth inning or whatever it might be. And then, you know, they go with someone else in the ninth So look, this is what the Phillies are going to be. For now, yes, it looks like it's going to be Hector Neris. He's converted his past two save opportunities in a row. And, uh, you know, I've said this regardless of of sport, whether it's football or baseball. If you're given an opportunity and you succeed in that opportunity, then you should be given more of the same opportunities. So that's kind of how I feel about Neres for now. But would it surprise me, you know, this time next week, if we're talking about... Uh, the Phillies with three save opportunities this week and it went to three different guys. No, wouldn't surprise me one bit.
0: Yeah, not no question at all. All we can tell you is that Neris seems to be pitching the best out of these guys at the moment. And of course, a moment can change on a dime. How confident matter you and Hector naris
3: I, I mean for now, I was really hoping he'd blow that save opportunity <laughs> on Wednesday afternoon versus the Mets. He threw that fastball right down the middle to uh Broxton and he swung and missed to end the game, but, you know, he's converted the about two for two now on these last couple of opportunities, and as Frank all pointed out, they really don't seem to want to give Sir Anthony an opportunity right now, and I uh, had to drop him in any leagues, I still owned him. The one thing I would say, keep an eye on, if uh, Robertson comes back and coming off this uh, elbow injury, whatever it was, doesn't seem anything serious. Seems like he could be back relatively soon. Maybe now they only want to use him for one inning and not right. like a multiple kind of thing. So he may get an opportunity uh, upon return, you know, if everything works out where he's healthy and get, be be given a chance to close.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a really good point when it comes to David Robertson and how quickly he can get back. And if he'll be limited in any way uh, due to this injury, they'll just take it a little bit easier on him a very, very good point. If David Robertson was dropped anywhere, you know, maybe this is your uh, opportunity to take a stab.
2: Yeah, I guess. In 12-team leagues, he might have been dropped. 15-teamers, uh, again, it depends how many injuries you have, how many guys you can hold on to uh, at a yeah. given time. But, yeah, it's a good point regarding uh, David Robertson. And, you know, I, when they signed him, I just wonder, in their minds, what was the thought process? Like, when they originally signed him, did they think he was going to be the closer? Did they think it was just going to be, you know... him and Dominguez, or or was this just, like, the thought process all along? It was just Gabe Kapler is going to, all right, well, you know, I'll mix it up. I'll I'll do whoever has the best matchups against these guys in the past in in this inning. I just wonder, like, what the Phillies' uh, mindset was coming into this. Because, you know, we know that they had interest in Craig Kimbrell, too. And you know Craig Kimbrell was not signing with the Phillies (laughs) unless he was told he was going to be the closer. Like he was he was not going to go there and be part of some, all right, I'm going to pitch in the seventh, eighth inning kind of thing. Wherever Craig Kimbrell goes, he's going to be the closer. I wonder if that is part of the reason he didn't end up with the Phillies.
0: Potentially, potentially so. We keep hearing Kimbrell mentioned with Atlanta, and yet everyday passes, and Atlanta has not made a decision, and sticking with A.J. Minter for now uh, as their closer, despite their relief issues. So uh, that's kind of the deal uh, with the Phillies and the Atlanta Braves. In it. Miami, Sergio Romo seems to be the guy right now, Frank, and he's disputing that.
2: No, he, you're right. It, right now is the is the main phrase there because, you know, we've seen Sergio Romo for a while now and, you know, barely touches 90 miles per hour and uses a slider a ton and, you know, gets killed by left-handed hitters, uh, but he, do, he does have two saves on the year. I know everyone's kind of been flocking towards uh, Nick Anderson as the guy there because he has, like, crazy strikeout-to-walk ratio to start the year. He's striking everyone out. Uh, so they're looking at Nick Anderson as potentially the next guy up if something were to happen to Romo. But Drew Steckenrider has been terrible. Uh, Adam Conley has been used you know, in, in certain matchups. Tayron Guerrero was actually the one that I was looking at before the season, Greg, because <laughs> you know, this is a big dude. He throws like over 100 miles per hour, but struggles with command. He's kind of like your standard, throws really hard, uh, gets a lot of strikeouts, but doesn't know where the ball is going half the time. So he was the name that I was looking at. Coming I mean, into year as, as a dark horse, uh, but it does seem like it's Sergio Romo's job for now. If he performs well, do they end up trading him? They are the Marlins, after all. They're not competing for this season, and uh, at that point, uh, is Nick Anderson the next man up? Uh, you know, I, I would think it's it's probably him if something were to happen to Romo or if they trade him.
0: I'm glad you brought up Nick Anderson because Matt, I saw you tweeting quite a bit about Nick Anderson this morning and taking your stabs on him. What makes you so interested in him?
3: Well, I think number one is 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 the strikeout upside. He's got a you know, like a fifty percent I mean on the season it's forty six. His last nine opportunities, he's got a twenty strikeout two walks, uh, he gets multiple strike he pitches uh he's pitched an inning in all nine of his last appearances and he's pretty much either struck out two or three batters in every one except for, for one game. So you're gonna get a lot of strikeouts. I know he's given up a homer in the last two but as uh Frank stated correctly, Steckenrider is just he's just atrocious. Yeah. Romo's a guy that I think he could be used in several different spots. He's not a guy that needs to get saves to build up his trade, uh his uh make him sexy for a trade. Which, you know, teams know who Romo is. They're requiring Romo uh to be in a different role, not to be a closer or anything like that. So Anderson to me, even if he doesn't get the saves right now is going to give you the strikeouts. And, you know, if I, I got him for $9, if he was named the closer this week, he'd go for, you know, 300 plus.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a good point. Again, rather uh, be sooner rather than later when it comes to picking up some of these relievers. Matty Mo, I wanted to ask you about uh, Robert Stevenson. A lot of people have been talking about Stevenson uh, with the Cincinnati Reds, and everyone's trying to always find, oh, well, the next Josh Hader, the next, uh, the next Andrew Miller. You know, Robert Stevenson, a former top pitching prospect for the Reds. Sure. He's supposed to be a starting pitcher, kind of similar to Josh Hader in that regard. Uh, does have the prospect pedigree. And, you know, being converted to a reliever this year, at least, the velo is up across the board. I know the the fastball is up about a mile and a half. The slider's up two miles per hour. Uh, is Robert Stevenson a guy that you can see maybe not picking up saves, uh, maybe if, if Rice Iglesias continues to struggle, but a guy that can at least give you good ratios and strikeouts, is he someone that can do that for you this season?
3: Uh, I, I think so. I think he's got to be a uh, person of interest in that Cincinnati bullpen, along with Amir Garrett. You know, Those are two guys that, you know, they said they wanted to use Iglesias as a super reliever this year. As well, so that's another way of... Look, Stevenson was always somebody that... I, I feel like we've been talking, to, talking about this guy for at least five years. And he is not going to be a starting pitcher. I mean, I think that's pretty evident. I think he, he, can, he can excel. You know, that's what most relievers are, failed starters, right? And given the opportunity, if the velocity, you know, can get that uptick, which we always see in the bullpen for, for most cases, and he gets the secondary stuff going. He gets the second, you know, that second pitch that you know can really be effective. Then he could be a he could be a weapon. Matt, before we let you go, I know we have like a couple minutes with you. And
0: every single week on the Athletic, you go over your favorite two start pitchers for the week. So we wanted to get a chance uh, to do that with you. Uh, I had a chance yesterday in my league to make a decision. I'm sure other people in 12-team leagues had this choice between Pablo Lopez and Eric Swanson. Which direction
3: would you go? Swanson has a has has a nice schedule this week so I I do get it Lopez I think, believe that the top of my head the second start is at Philadelphia correct I I'm just you know maybe I'm just a little rational because I think this kid is close to figuring it out and he's gonna be a star I'm really you know I I'd I push all my future if he if was a stock and it was options I'd be betting on the future. For uh, Pablo Lopez, I'm probably going to roll with him. Okay. Uh, he doesn't walk anybody, which is really good, and he should get you some strikeouts. And even in the game I watched uh, this past week, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really impressed. All right, so you use Lopez over Swanson, which is actually
0: what you told me yesterday too, Frank.
2: Yes, precisely. I like Pablo Lopez a lot as well. Uh, Eric Swanson at San Diego and versus Texas on paper, the matchups are better. Yep, uh, but for Pablo Lopez, does get Cleveland. Not the not as good of a matchup as it was a week ago because they didn't have Francisca they didn't have Frankie Lindor in their lineup and now they do uh, so the Indians lineup is going to get better I don't love Philly but I agree that you're just you're trusting the stuff with Pablo Lopez which overall I just think is uh, better than a guy like Eric Swan.
0: All right one, two couple of other two start pitchers this week Wade Miley is facing Minnesota and Cleveland Luke Weaver Pittsburgh and Chicago Luke Weaver people are kind of jumping back on board here Matt.
3: You know, I think you got to be impressed the last two star games 17 strikeouts to one walk uh a couple of years ago we were falling all everybody was falling all over themselves to draft him in like the beginning of the sixth round uh so you know it's not like he didn't have any pedigree or any attraction prior so I'm once again ride the hot hand he's, he's at Pittsburgh and I think home versus the Cubs I'm in all right so in on a guy like
0: Luke Weaver you're Jerry Hellickson down here huh <laughs> that, that's not somebody you're starting.
2: No, I just I just wrote down I, all the I names like, of two-star Lumpen. pitchers. Not Sweet, but I do like Pelton
3: Longcom.
0: Oh, God. All right, last one of the day, Matt. Are you starting
3: in Boston and in Chicago? Are you running with the ball? Spencer Turnbull, baby. <laughs> Look, uh, I think that ten. I, I like him, but I think that's ten strikeout performance earlier. Maybe everybody jumped their skis a little with the expectations. I stated I really don't want to put him in versus Boston. I want that. I really do want that White Sox uh, upside. So it, it's 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 a game call for me. Uh, you know what? You only live once. Throw him in. He's running with the ball.
2: That's right. That's why Matt Modica is allowed on every week. That's why he's a friend of the program because he's a he's a supporter of Spencer Turnbull.
0: Follow Matty Mo at CTM Baseball on Twitter, and of course, uh, read all of his work at The Athletic. He goes over the two star pitchers uh, every week, and uh, you also have a podcast now, right, Matt? Yes, every Sunday morning with
3: uh, Al Melchior.
0: Nice. Al and Matt back together again over on the Athletic Podcasting uh, every Sunday morning. So definitely check that out and read all of Matt's coverage over at Athletic. Matt, we appreciate the time, and we'll talk to you next week.
3: Yep, thanks again guys We'll talk next week And Game of Thrones, baby Next Monday We might have to spend The first hour Of
0: our one hour yeah. together
3: I don't even care about baseball next Monday
0: Breaking down the Battle of Winterfell
2: Yeah, I know someone Asked us downstairs uh, That we should be wearing black Once all the deaths start coming I have a feeling We're going to get a few of those next week. Oh yeah
0: Rankings number one Brand Number two Grey Worm I like oh, sure. yeah, He starts
2: planning his future, he's got her for sure.
0: Goodbye. Brands and Knight. She's nothing else to live for. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back with more BFFs right
2: after this.